Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Gracie and you, Dominic, you know, when people ask me what have I been doing in the city, I say you need to talk to Dominic Carter because you've been covering me for almost 30 years now. Nice to be with you, Dominic. I think you are really in a very, very high league. And I watch some of your competitors on, frankly, the national shows, and I say, why aren't you doing a national show? Because I really think your delivery and your questioning wow. and your brain power is really at the highest level. So that's good. This is Dominic Carter, everybody. Now, here's Dominic Carter on Talk Radio 7. 77 WABC. And good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. A timeline, a timeline has emerged in the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband. We must, I'll state it again, lower the temperature. And frankly, we must do away with all this conspiracy talk about this incident. And that's why I'm glad that police did a timeline, if you will, regarding this incident. The 42-year-old suspect, the crazed man who allegedly broke into Pelosi's home and attacked her husband, Paul, with a hammer, was slapped with federal charges for attempted kidnapping and assault on Monday. This is the San Francisco District Attorney, Brooke Jenkins. The defendant brought to the location of the Pelosi residence a second hammer, as well as zip ties, rope, and a roll of tape. What is clear based on the evidence that we have thus far is that this house and the speaker herself were specifically targets of the defendant. The district attorney there. Another topic we're going to try to tackle this morning, affirmative action now in the hands of the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court seems ready to throw out to throw out race-based college college admissions. The court's conservative majority seems to be wary, if you will, of plans at Harvard and the University of North Carolina to take into account of race to foster educational diversity. I think I have a fix, which we will get to later, because the fix is out there in terms of how to solve this problem so that we're not attacking each other on the issue of affirmative action. But we'll get to that a bit later. And I don't get it. I don't get it. Is Governor Hochul intentionally trying to lose the election? Governor Hochul claiming worries about crime ahead of the midterms are a conspiracy. So uh, led by Republicans by Lee Zeldin and Republicans. She made the comment on MSNBC, Politics Nation, uh, Reverend Al Sharpton's uh, show, as her lead in the polls, has gone away. Referring to Republican leaders, she says that they are master manipulators. But here's my point. If this is what you are saying a week Now, before the election, imagine what Governor Hochul was going to do a week after the election. If she's telling you on the front side that uh, when it comes to crime, uh, well, then what is she going to do once she gets her her own first term? This is Governor Hochul on the television show of the Reverend Al Sharpton on MSNBC. Reverend Al, these are master manipulators. They have this conspiracy going all across America to try and convince people that in democratic states they're not as safe. 
Well, guess what? They're also not only election deniers, they're data deniers. The data shows that shootings and murders are down in our state by 15%, even in New York City, down 20% on Long Island, where Lee Zeldin comes from. And it's the, it's the, it's the Republican states where they have almost no restrictions on guns. Because of the abundance of guns, people are killing each other with more frequency. The safer places are the Democratic states. Really? Now, the governor did say the safer places are the Democratic states. Chicago happens to be in the state of Illinois. Are you going to tell me that Chicago is safe? I don't understand the logic. We are now seven days from the critical midterm elections. Democrats, and rightfully so, have touted out Obama to do the work around the country that the sitting president should be doing. But as I said last night, Mr. Biden is radioactive. He can't really campaign around the country unless your goal is to lose. And so they've turned to Obama, and you're telling me this is the best you've got, Governor Hochul, that is a conspiracy by Republicans? When it comes to crime, to manipulate? No. You can't manipulate the bodies that are that are no longer with us. You can't manipulate the people that have been punched in terms of the physical evidence of being punched in the face. No offense, Governor. What are you talking about? We are taking your telephone calls this morning, 800-848-WABC, 800 800- Eight four eight nine two two two, and um, let's start with the uh, with the first call of the uh, morning. Susan in Brooklyn. Good morning, Susan. What's on your mind? Oh, Dominic. Well, you know what? I only lose beauty sleep for certain people like you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's very nice of you, Susan. Thank yeah, you. Thank it, you. It, yes, but you know what? Right now, I'm like going uh, pedal to the metal till November 8th and trying to speak with people like you that are reasonable and to get like a dialogue, which I so appreciate that you are able to like get many points of view in a civil way and that you that you monitor that. Um, and I really, I hardly know where to start, but, okay, so number one, okay, just I got to go to Hochul and her conspiracy theories, and you have just this very, um, you know, you described some of the horrible, um, uh, in fact, I think last night you were talking about one of the individuals that was in the uh, administration that got the uh, sucker punch uh, out of nowhere yes. on Sixth uh, Avenue, the, the, okay, and you Chelsea, said that, yes, yeah, and you had said okay that they were um, thugs, but you were looking for another word. Yes, I do and, need another word. Yes, well, uh, well, I just think that they are um, very despicable and dangerous. Oh, that's too nice, Susan. That's way too despicable, nice. Despicable, dangerous, a uh, deviant. Um, uh, individuals that need to be taken away from society. Yes. Well, 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 Su- dangerous Susan, individuals, you, that's you, more than a thug. Right, but you are a sweetheart. I'm, I'm more in line. I'm more in line with Bob Grant when I used to listen to him as a little boy when he would call uh, people in some in- instances savages. And guess what? All these years later, Bob Grant was right. And the term savage is too much in terms of a positive for what some of these people are. But, Susan, you know what? I got to be honest with you. You made my morning to start out the show, so that's a plus. And I thank you very much for the call, and I want you to have a beautiful day. Thank you, Susan. I'll try. (laughs) Okay, we'll take it. Thank you. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Let's go to Stan in Los Angeles. Good morning, Stan. What's on your mind? Yeah, hi, Dominic. You know, one of the first things they teach you in the police academy as it relates to firearms training, you only use your weapon when your life or someone else's life is in immediate danger. 
What I'm not understanding is, why didn't those police officers shoot this guy? A knife and a hammer and a gun are lethal weapons. The minute he gained control over that hammer, he should have been shot. You you know what, Stan? I I have to be honest with you, Um, completely honest with you. I'm I'm rather turned off by all the talk of a conspiracy. I think it's nutty, to be honest with you. But you raise an excellent point because I have thought the same exact thing. Now, the only response, and I want you to continue with your comment, the only counter to your to your point, the only counter stand to your argument is that when the police were on scene, perhaps this happened so fast that they didn't have time to react. But I have wondered the same thing why as a matter of fact the the moment they arrived and they saw a hammer i i would imagine that that they should have drawn their drawn their weapons i i don't believe in second guessing police officers it's not the right thing to do monday morning quarterback but stan i have wondered the same thing yeah and there could have been extenuating circumstances i wasn't there i haven't seen the film of the video i should say but um um, anything short of that, the only thing, the only conclusion I can come to is lack of training by those San Francisco police officers. Right. So that's all I had to say. Well, Stan, I, were, were you in uh, law enforcement? Oh, absolutely. Oh, years. how many years? 32. 32 years. Well, so, so what, I'm just curious, Stan, I, I, what would you have done uh, as a law enforcement officer if you had rolled on that scene and you see the two uh, going back and forth within a matter of seconds over a hammer. As you said earlier, it could have been a split decision mm-hmm. situation. Mm-hmm. But I understand they were wrestling over the hammer. That would have given the officers plenty of time to pull their uh, holsters, uh, unholster their weapons, and ordered him to drop it. And the minute he reared back to right. hit him, you Correct. shoot him. Correct. You shoot him. Correct. That's Correct. Simple. Correct. Stan, I, I thank you for the call calling this morning from Los Angeles. You have a um a uh a, a good a good morning. Let's go to Connor in Rockland County. Good morning, Connor. You're on Talk Radio seventy seven WABC. Good morning, Dominic. First time caller. Uh, thank you any- for calling. Any talk show anywhere. Uh, I've been listening to you a lot recently. I just want to comment uh, quickly about, um, you know, there's nice people like Susan, and there's people like me who see Paul Pelosi in the hospital and don't care whatsoever. I'm not apologetic. Why? 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 Why, why not? Why not, Connor? I mean, isn't it human? Connor, Connor, wait, wait, wait. I'm going to let you finish. Isn't it human yeah. decency? This is an 82 year old man. Yes, sir. It is. But some people in life um, make certain choices, and, and all that stuff kind of goes out the window. Age, race, gender, whatever, ethnicity. These people, I believe, you know, um, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners believe these people are as evil as they come. And they take advantage every chance they get, and it's it's clear, it's evident every day, especially in the past four years, these people just take advantage, and it's tiring. So, I mean, I've seen a lot of people, and I I, I know people are doing it for – they're all the own skin on their back. They can't be coming out and, and kind of being like, "Well, I don't care." Um, well, well, Connor, people I, like me can do that. So I, I, just I, I appreciate it. you calling as a first-time caller. Uh, I I don't agree with your position, but I respect your opinion to state it. I I firmly believe that no one deserves to be treated like that. Absolutely, no one, no matter what their politics may be. Francine in Brooklyn, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Yes, I'm appalled at all those callers you had yesterday. Not one of them that I heard supporting what happened to Nancy's husband. It's it's despicable. You know, I mean, all what happened to this man, what I heard today, is is what happened. He attacked that man, and he he needs to go to jail. 
that's how I feel about it. Well, Francine, that's why I started out the show by stating, uh, hopefully, that all this talk of a conspiracy, that, that it's over and done with. I mean, I, I know that for political purposes, uh, no matter who may be on the other side, the other side is always looking to pick a hole to say, right. oh, oh, no, look at this, look at that, look at this. Yes, but but but, but, it, but it reaches a point where it's like it's like come on. I mean, you yeah, see right. you see the glass where the apparent um burglar well he, he didn't rob him, but the the intruder, you see where he allegedly broke the glass to it, right. to, to enter the premise. What else more do you need to see? And That's and so right. so much has been made of the fact that apparently on the 911 call, well it's not apparently, but but uh, Mr. Pelosi said, uh, friend, right? Now, yes. Francine, I'm, I'm going to be completely honest with you and our audience. If someone breaks into my home and I can talk that individual down temporarily, I want that person to think that we are friends and that we can work this out until the police get there. And so for, for all of this uh, to be made over the fact that he used the term friend, that it points to a homosexual relationship, it, to me it's just, it's just bizarre. But Francine, I, I thank you for the call, and you have a, uh, a beautiful uh, morning. Let's go to George in the Bronx. Good morning, George. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Uh, yeah, good morning, sir. Love the show. Thank this you. This is my first time calling. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, Okay, yes, thank you, sir. You said savage is 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 too nice of a word or something that effect. Yes. I have another term. Those are crack monsters, crack babies. Mm, you know what? Um but the but the crack babies were from the eighties, correct? And and well, well no, you, you your timing may be correct. Your timing may be correct. But but what, whether or not they're crack babies or not, it's still no reason. To do the things well, that they are doing. Go ahead, George. I could get deeper and get spiritual. Can I get spiritual, sir? Just uh, one minute. D- really, not 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 the spiritual kick too much. But but go ahead, George. Those are demons. Okay. Devils. Okay. 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 Well, you Bye. and I you and I agree. We agree on that, George. And I I thank you. I thank you uh, for the call. So let's let's talk for a second as it relates to the Supreme Court and affirmative action. It is a divisive issue, and I'm not into dividing people. The court has repeatedly upheld affirmative action programs at colleges and universities, most recently in 2016, stating that educational diversity is a compelling interest that justifies taking account of race as one factor, as one factor among many in admissions uh, decisions. But the conservative members of the court, 6-3 majority, seem to be indicating uh, during the arguments uh, yesterday that uh, the time may, the, the end may be near for affirmative action programs. What I don't understand is, and let's just talk for colleges, about colleges for one second. Why can't we do something like this? Okay, I'll agree. Affirmative action is so divisive, it has to go. But why can't we do something like what's done in the state of New York? They A program that I went to college on, it's like a semi-affirmative action program. Now, hear me out. It's called the Educational Opportunity Program, right? And kids like me that came out of the New York City public school system I would never have qualified under traditional uh, admissions uh, standards. And so the program takes kids of color that show potential. Uh, the Speaker of the New York State Assembly, Carl Hasty, is a graduate of the same program. And they admit you into college. But now here is the catch. Here is the catch here. It's not just kids of color. One of the biggest secrets in New York State when it comes to EOP and college and so on is that most of the kids in the EOP program in New York State are white. 
same program, the same program that I went to school in. Why can't we just have something like that so it's not as offensive to the majority of the population? Because the moment you say affirmative action, it, it, it's it's a lightning. It's a lightning uh, in terms of polarization on on either side of the issue. Uh, those that support it say that uh, opportunity has not been given historically, and those that do not support it say I had nothing to do with that discrimination. Why am I being punished? Why is someone that's not as qualified? being given a slot at the university that someone else that's more qualified for that they should get. So why can't we meet in the middle, folks? Why can't we meet in the middle, just like the EOP program, right, in New York, in which you have a lot of kids of color that are accepted into the program, but it's not just for minority kids. It's for everybody, and it's based on income. What what's wrong with if you come from a disadvantaged background? Because the fact of the matter is, <laughs> kids of color are not the only ones that come from a disadvantaged background, and I found that out once I got to college, and uh, you know many other kids. So a program that's that's being run in New York State, I think it's an example to the country for how we can get around this divisive issue. We are taking your telephone calls. Let's go to David in the Bronx. Good morning, David. What's on your mind? Good morning, Dominic. Good morning. Um, I want to talk about affirmative action. Um, We do seem to be in agreement on this issue. But I have to say this. I agree that there shouldn't be a racial component to this at all because it's gotten to the point where it is extremely divisive. But I all. To acknowledge David, your phone still- is going in and out. Are, are you moving around or something? No, I'm oh. near my window. Oh, okay, be, okay, go ahead. Better now? Uh, well, it sounds a little okay. better now. Go ahead. All right. Um, you know, we need to acknowledge that there's still discrimination in our school system, that where I grew up on Long Island, it was segregated in the 70s and 80s, and it's just as segregated today. The worst school districts in New York are in largely black and Hispanic areas. Those kids. Hey, David, I want to ask you a question. Whose fault is that? Whose fault is that? What do you mean whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? It's a real simple question. Is it their fault that they go to a crime? No, no, no. It's not. No, it's not the kid's fault. I'm pointing to to be. Sometimes people have to be called out. And I'm pointing to African-American political leadership that have tolerated that and have for, for decades. And see, that goes back to my point, David. What is the point of having an African-American mayor or, or a female African-American mayor of Chicago and you're not even looking out for your own people? That doesn't make sense to me. Listen. I've had difficulty with this issue because as an interracial person, I cannot criticize the black community because then I'm called sellout or uh, Uncle Tom or other things. There are serious problems in the black community, as you know, but certain people like you and I are not able to talk about them. Oh, I can talk about it. I can talk. They can call me anything they want. You think it's going to bother me? Well, it bothers me because I have been – listen, I was called the N-word in first grade in an all-white Catholic school on Long Island, and I've been called that word many times in my life. I see it from a different perspective than a lot of people. And my argument is this. I went to schools that were all white where I was called the N-word in first grade through sixth grade. I went to integrated schools where I was never called the N-word. We need diversity in our colleges because if you don't go to school with people that are different from you, how are you ever going to understand where other people are coming from? And in most of our schools in New York State, kids are not having that experience, and the only place they're going to get it is in college. Because Massapequa, where I grew up, I just checked today. The high school in Massapequa is 0.8% black. That is no kind of diversity at all, and that is the district where I was called the N-word in first grade, okay? We're never going to change that until people are 
integrated with other people. And unfortunately, we don't live in the same areas. Apparently, we're not going to school at the same schools. So when is it going to happen? It happens in college. That's why we need a diversity program that is not race-based. Kids that go to lousy schools, black or white, should probably be given a, a, some type of leg up. You know, why aren't these people com- who complain about affirmative action complaining about legacy admissions where someone gets into Harvard or Yale because their grandfather went there? That's not fair. Why are we talking about that? Hmm. Well, David, I, I, I hear you and I, I thank you for your point on this issue. Thank you. Let's go to uh, let's go to Brooklyn. Let's see what John has to say. Good morning, John. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Dominic, I have mixed feelings about uh, affirmative action. I agree with my fellow Asian Americans, both South Indian and also East Asian, who strongly object to affirmative action, especially when you know schools like the Ivy League and I'm uh, Ivy League alumnus myself have been targeting Asians and uh, been decreasing their enrollment in favor of those of other ethnic backgrounds. I think what we need to stress, though, and and I agree with your previous caller, uh, is that we should try to emphasize admission by more by social economic background and 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 determine whether or not you know if, if you have two candidates from you know uh, one more privileged, one of a lower economic background. Uh, let's say one who's had had a history of family attending college and the one hasn't maybe give preference to the, shall we say, more disadvantaged candidate than the uh, privileged one. But we have to also make certain that it's a level playing field. And I would certainly try to stress having a stronger uh, programs in STEM and performing and visual arts in those communities where they're not uh, having these programs now. Well, John, you you raised a, a couple of good points there, and I thank you for your call. Uh, I, I do agree with John and, and David to a degree that 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 perhaps you know we we should come up with a solution where it's not so much based on race, but. Uh, whether you're disadvantaged. And again, that's the EOP program in New York state, the educational opportunity program for private schools. It's called HEOP, the higher educational opportunity program. And it's not solely based on race. It's open to kids of color. It's open to white kids. As a matter of fact, most of the kids that, uh, that go to college in New York state under this program happen to be white. And so we've got to find common ground solutions. We've got to find common ground. I see all the uh, phone calls. We are going to take a break. We are discussing the timeline of the attack on Paul Pelosi. And hopefully uh, all of this conspiracy talk will come to an end And we're talking about the Supreme Court taking on affirmative action. And Governor Hochul says it's a conspiracy, uh, basically, that um, I'm trying to make sure I got the exact word since we are, uh, uh, yeah, conspiracy, since we're only a week away from the election, that it's Republicans that are manipulating the issue of crime. When we come back, we are going to Manhattan North Carolina, Suffolk County, Yonkers, New Hampshire, and Central Jersey. Talk Radio 77, Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. For me. Hey, 
Yeah, with Paul Pelosi, that's a terrible thing. With all of them, it's a terrible thing. Look at what's happened to San Francisco generally. Look at what's happening in Chicago. It was far worse than Afghanistan, okay? We have Chicago. When I had Afghanistan, I told you, 18 months we went without one soldier being shot. And you look at what happens in Chicago, and one weekend, last weekend, was brutal. It was like a war zone. And nobody wants to tell the truth. Former President Trump is telling the truth. He w- he was reacting to the attack on Paul Pelosi. But when you look at the urban areas uh, throughout the country, anyone being honest in assessing the situation knows that it is a complete mess in need of an overhaul, but you've got to have strong political leadership in order to do that. And that's why the country is headed for a red wave in a week from today, because all of these pandering, phony progressives have done nothing but to better their own lives and better their own careers, but what about the rest of us? Lynn in Manhattan, good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Good morning, Dominic. Listen, I'm hoping you can use your influence to try to contact some politicians and try to make the subways a little bit more, uh, a little bit less unsanitary. Today, I was shocked that something happened to me. I was riding a train, and I noticed some human waste in one of the cars, and when I went to another station, at another location, I noticed human waste at this location. I was shocked. I was stunned. I, I, I was taken aback. Uh, these conditions were clearly unsanitary. And I hope somebody can do something about this soon because it's a disgrace and, and the people right in New York City subway deserves better. And the people do, Lynn, deserve better. I'm sorry you had to encounter that. This is what happens when there's very little accountability. This There's no other way for me uh, to state it. And thank you for the call, Lynn. This is what happens when you have very little accountability. If you look at the housing authority, it happened uh, previously at the housing authority, no accountability. Just look at how it's run. Look, look at how it is run. Let's go to Russell in North Carolina. Good morning, Russell. What's on your mind? Hey, Dominic. Hey, look, I, I called about being called the N-word. Okay, but wait, 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 wait. Why, why are you hey. calling about being called the N-word? Well, because you were talking about that earlier. No, I was not talking about being called the N word. I was talking about affirmative action, and oh, okay, the well, and the call and the caller brought up David brought up that he had been called the N word. But please yeah, continue. Well, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. That was, that was that was it. Right. Well, I've been called that, and I am actually a white guy, and I've been called that by black guys because they're like, "Look, man, you're not really a white guy. You're," and I'm like, "I'm like, no, I'm just me. You know what I mean?" Mm-hmm. And and I, I took it. I mean, it's it's meant as a compliment. No, no, Russell. But but I I'm gonna let you finish. But I have to stop you there. It's yeah. that, it's not a compliment. It's it's a word that should never be used. And I I couldn't be a teenager in this day and age, particularly a white teenager, because I, I I'm gonna be honest. I would look and say, but wait a minute. You're all calling calling each other that, but if I say the word, I get punched in the mouth. And so it's wrong. It's wrong. But the problem is, Russell, whether you're hip, I believe you're trying to tell me you're hip and cool and the brothers look at you like one of them. But that means they really look at themselves that way, and that's disgusting, Russell, in my opinion. But please continue. Well, I, actually, I agree with you because I'm like, well, first of all, not all white guys are, you know, goofy, whatever, whatever the image they have in their head is. And I'm like, and I'm an urban guy. And I'm like, you know, look, you can be an urban white guy. You can be an urban black guy. You can be an urban Hispanic, whatever. Yes. And so to say, my point was they they mean it as a compliment, but it's actually ignorant. And I I agree with you. That was what, what you're saying is, you know, look, I mean, People are people, and it's like to say, well, oh, you're, you, you're not really a white guy. And I'm like, no, I trust me, I am a white guy. And I'm like, I don't have to act a certain way to be a white guy. Just like like, like I think your point is, 
well, so what are you supposed to say? Well, you're not really a black guy because you don't fill in the blank. You don't, you don't do this. Right, don't and, do that. and and that's that's the problem, Russell, because when you got to fill in the blank, that's where the problem – I thank you for the call, Russell, from uh, North Carolina. That's where the problem comes in when you got to fill in that blank. That's that's when we all get in trouble. Let's switch back to the topic of uh, Nancy Pelosi's uh, Pelosi's husband. Let's go to Rob, Robert in Suffolk County. Good morning, Robert. What's on your mind? Hi, Dominic. Good You're morning. Always a gracious host. Well, thank and you. As a journalist, yes, and as a journalist, you'll appreciate what I'm about to tell you. I've been following this story about Mr. Pelosi. From the beginning on various media, left, right, and in between, and it seems that the facts have been changing to fit the narrative that the Democrats want people to hear. For example, it was initially reported there was an NBC affiliate from San Francisco reporter in a helicopter at the scene who was saying it appears there's a window that was broken out from the inside and that there were two men in their underwear, nothing about else about how they were dressed, each with a hammer in their hand with the police there okay. outside the house. All right, Robert, Robert, if that were the case, you don't think that the San Francisco police would be forced to acknowledge that? I mean, Robert, I'm sorry. We we, we have to stop this la-la land stuff. You you don't think the don't. police would be forced to acknowledge that if, that if a reporter in a helicopter in which the police would know then that there was videotape of it, you don't think they'd be forced to acknowledge that? Uh, maybe they're not being held to the carpet on it. Like what happened with the DA's conference in San Francisco today? Did you hear that too? No. No, I didn't. Okay. Well, the facts were changed. Okay, but when you say the DA's conference, I'm I'm lost, Robert. I'm short on time. But, hey, Robert, and let me me just make this point. Um, Someone felt that I was rude to them last night and cut them off. And I, I, I just need you folks to understand with the volume of calls that we receive, I would love to engage everyone for two to three minutes. But we just can't do it. So some nights I have to cut some calls short. Uh, it, it's not it's not personal. It's a matter of we have an hour time slot and we've got to make it fit. But, Robert, I, I thank you uh, for the telephone call. You say the facts are changing I I I I don't know. We will um, we will see how this all plays out. But I but I repeat my point: if a television helicopter, which has the ability to record and would record on something like that, um, witnessed something like that, the San Francisco police would be forced to deal with it and to acknowledge it, and or at least to deny it publicly. But this is the first that I'm hearing of any of that. And so I return to my original point. The conspiracy talk must end, folks. It's not helpful. Dominic Carter here with you. Talk Radio 77 WABC. We are going to take a break. When we come back, we'll have more of your telephone calls from Westchester to Manhattan to Yonkers, New Hampshire, and Central Jersey. Handling legal matters is stressful. So, let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's Frank Bruno law.com frank bruno he's your numero uno highlighting stories that hit close to home from your borough to your dinner table this is carter cares a correction officer 
was stabbed 15 times inside Rikers Island. It is a miracle that he's in stable condition. According to the uh, New York City Department of Correction, he was attacked at about 4.45 p.m., taken to Elmhurst Hospital where he's in stable condition. And the mayor visited the officer as well as the commissioner of the city correction department uh, tonight. So a correction officer stabbed 15 times inside Rikers Island, and the inmate suspect uh, is uh, in custody, meaning to be processed uh, and charged. Let's go to Helena in Westchester. Good morning. You're on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Hello, Dominic. I Good morning. I love you very much. Okay. Uh, Thank you. I love you, okay. too. <laughs> Here's my view on this, what's going on. Very sad, of course. But is it possible that the fella that hit him was defending himself against, uh, I don't know the older fellow's name. uh, Paul Pelosi? um, Yeah, Mr. Pelosi. Mm -hmm. Mr. Mr. Pelosi uh, was scared and was trying to hurt the other guy, and the other guy was defending himself and hit Mr. Pelosi. Is that well, possible? Well, I, I guess, Helena, anything is possible. However, uh, if you break into someone's home, I don't think that you're afraid of the person that you uh, allegedly went into their bedroom and woke that individual up. And so, is that what he did? That's what the that's what the feds are stating in in their deposition uh, on this case. Okay, but if he woke him up, if he had the hammer and he intended to hurt him, why didn't he do it immediately when he woke him up? Why did he wait so long? That That's a great question. Uh, sometimes those with mental illness, we can't explain their action. Uh, maybe Mr. Pelosi was able to talk him down. It appeared to be that way based on what we're being told by the feds. At one, some point, Mr. Pelosi decides to say, says he has to go to the bathroom, but then the guy doesn't believe him. He finds out he's on the phone. This is according to what the police are stating. I wasn't there. It, you know, anything, I don't know. It, I don't know. And I don't understand why the police officers just stood there watching and didn't rush in immediately and grab them. Right. Well, I I appreciate your call and I want you to have a beautiful morning. Thank you Helena for for calling. That that is a uh, a good question, but I just want us all to remember that police work it's not like Hollywood. When they respond on the scene, I I don't think that they knew exactly what they were dealing with. As a matter of fact, according to the statement uh released by the, the by the authorities, the officer said, "What's going on here?" And they actually, and apparently, based on what we are being told, there's body cam footage of this. And so hopefully the body cam footage will be released soon so we can put an end to uh, all of these outside theories about uh, what what is going on. Linda on Long Island. Good morning, Linda. What's on your mind? Hi, Tom. I have to keep this short. Okay. Okay. Um, All this is, you know, just uh, guessing. But I heard today, officially, not guessing, uh, I don't know if you call the chief of, you know, who's in charge there. Yes. um, Said, officially, that someone opened the door for him. There was a third person there. Someone opened They're covering that up, whoever opened the door. Um. He came in, uh, I'm sorry, they came in, and they saw the two of them with the hammer. Linda, I, I, Linda, I haven't heard, I haven't heard anything like that. All I know, all I know is I watched the um, chief of police Mm -hmm. news conference. 
I did not hear him say anything like that. As a matter of fact, he he went out of his way. He went out of his way to say that all of this conspiracy talk has to stop. No, no, they changed it. They changed it at what time? If they changed it to a third person, Linda, it would be be breaking news if if they changed it. But, Linda, Linda, go ahead. I'll give you the final word. Go ahead, Linda. Okay. Okay. So... Uh, what I heard, I can't remember who said it today, okay. but you know somebody, somebody who's not lying about this. Stuff. Okay. Okay. I guarantee okay. they're not he lying. Said, okay. Go ahead. Excuse what? What did you say? No, go ahead. I said guarantee. Go ahead, Linda. I got a lot of <laughs> okay. calls. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. Okay. So that's all I was going to say, but um, you didn't hear that. But right after that, that's why the person said. Right after that, they changed it the story and they said um there were only two people there they didn't say anything about how did how did he get in they said he came in the door so 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 linda the smashed glass the the picture is everywhere the smashed glass where you can see somebody hit the glass uh uh door whatever you want to call it and you see the Uh glass on the ground that doesn't mean anything to you no, because I've watched many, many uh, murder mysteries, real ones, you know. And mm-hmm. what they did, they they punch out the glass to make it look, you know, they set up the scene later. Mm. Okay. You know, I don't believe anything unless when I heard that, that was official. Somebody okay. let them let them in, and they saw the two of them. So there has to be a third person. Okay. All right. Well, I and then I, they covered it up later. Okay, Linda. Much, much love and respect that you respect to you. Um, I respectfully disagree. Um, uh, Matt Blaze, help me out here. What, what do you think? Sounds like an episode of Matlock that Linda's watching. <laughs> well, um, everybody's entitled to their opinion, right? Everybody is entitled to their opinion. Let's go to Pete in New Hampshire. Good morning, Pete. Well, and coming up at the top of the hour, of course, Frank Morano on the other side of midnight. Good morning, Pete. What's on your mind? Hey, Dom. Love you. Love your show. Thank Just you. Stop. Love you too, man. We got a lot yeah. of love going on tonight, this morning. Yeah, no hate, just love. I and like respect. that. I like that, Pete. No hate. No hate. Yeah, just respect. You know what, Dom, the thing that you've been telling everybody out there and your listeners, you know, just like I agree with, you know, it's all about leadership. That's what's wrong in our country right now. We have no real leadership going on here, Yes. number one. Number two, when I was a kid, uh, I remember John Kennedy, I think. I believe he started uh, affirmative action as the early days of affirmative action, if I've got that correct. I'm just going back in time and stepping back in time and remember when I was coming up through. And I remember being in the service overseas in the Navy during the Vietnam era, and I remember that uh, affirmative action in the early days, it, it was uh, it got bungled up, muddled up, because, and, I'm, and I hate to say this, but the truth of the matter is what I saw is uh, – Certain groups were pushed ahead through, whether they were competent in their skill sets or whether they weren't, it didn't really matter, where others were left behind, and those are the ones that worked their tail off to to make the grade, I'll say, okay? Mm-hmm. And so now I look at it today, and you look at the military today, and then we've got all this wokeism, and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell, somewhere we've lost track here. You know, so what I'm, I guess what I'm saying, Dominic, is, is affirmative action went off the rails, so to speak. I think, I think that's fair to say, Pete. I really do. Um, you, you've got to be qualified. Right. Uh, No, no matter what. And it's a very divisive issue. I can see it from each side, but, but there's a way around it. Everything, everything, Pete, I thank you for the call. Everything in our country does not have to be so divisive. The left doesn't like the right. The right can't stand the left. It. This is not the way that things have to be. We are going back to your telephone calls. Uh, we're going to go to Isaac in Pennsylvania in just one second. But first, 
Frank Morano and the other side of Midnight coming up at the top of the hour. Good morning. Hello, Dominic. Happy November. Happy November. How are you, sir? We are a few days away from Election Day, right? That's right. What do you have coming up this morning? Well, a great deal. We got got it covered from all angles. I know you saw the story, uh, I guess, a week or two ago that uh, there's a lawsuit to force the Biden administration to release some documents related to the Kennedy assassination. So I'm going to be joined by attorney and best-selling author Mark Shaw, who has a fascinating book about the Kennedy assassination and the nexus with a New York radio personality named Dorothy Kilgallen. He's got a new book coming out that it really explodes a lot of myths about the Warren Commission. He's going to join me. Uh, Yesterday was Halloween, and it's kind of Halloween night for a lot of people, so we are going to talk in the second hour with a psychic medium who will explain to folks how they can tell if their house is haunted. And uh, as part of our continuing discussion about yeshiva education in New York, last week we had on a woman who was very critical of some of what goes on in yeshivas in uh, in New York. Today we have a gentleman on named Elliot Resnick who's going to give the other side of that equation. So, And we'll, we're going to take calls and have some fun in the meantime. So another full show. Absolutely. Starting at 1 a.m. Let's go to Isaac in Pennsylvania. Isaac, you were chatting with Frank and Dominic. Oh, it's Frank. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. By the way, I can give a, give a good take on that issue because I went to Yeshiva. So All right. Well, great. You're exactly welcome to call back at 3 a.m. Okay, okay. So, uh, Dominic, you keep saying about the glass, but the glass was in the, it was it should, it should be broken. If someone broke in, the glass should be in the inside, not on the outside. Okay, but Isaac, what is it going to take for you to say this is on the up and up? Because... No matter what the no matter what the investigators come back with, there are some people who are going to say, no, 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 this was staged. And to me, that is absolutely nuts. What is it going to take for you to believe what happened? That someone broke in? How, how did someone break in in such a secure house? Like Nancy Pelosi's house and the third closest to the president? I mean, how does one break in a house like that? Apparently, this has been talked about. They did not have a security system. Frank, I, I will, I, I'll, I'll let you chime in on this one. Uh, well, look, I mean, given Nancy Pelosi's lack of preparation for security on January sixth, can you really say you're that surprised at the lack of security in your in her own home? Uh, I mean, I, I'm content to let law enforcement investigate this and let the investigation play out. Maybe there's more to it, but uh, I'll take uh, law enforcement at its word. I I think this guy is just a nut. I mean, as Rita said, um, he was also not in the country legally. He should have been uh, deported long ago. Well, indeed, uh, that's the case. Uh, Not an American citizen, but this is a story that's going to continue. And let, let me just say this, folks. For those of you that believe that there's some conspiracy Anything that breaks on this story, it's going to become immediate news right away. So we're going to find out exactly what happened. Dominic Carter saying, keep it right there, folks. Frank Marano, the other side of midnight is coming up. I will be back again tomorrow at midnight.